The redeemer of all man, defender of the faith, and that Ethiopian is the captain, the chief field marshal sergeant. But we not defeat empty two nation, Rasmahon and was crown conquering lion. I found a rap Africans with impressed men and I stand at his right hand. Meanwhile, in a Jamaica land, holy patrial and tribulation. Justice meant was upon all African, Bustaman, Tisekil, and Rastaman. What kind of celestial that to do a call pun? Trim them and bring the whole of them a station. Never in the name of my king of England will I ever live to see the Rastaman redemption. But when the two six clash, that's when the plane land. King of all kings. Touchdown in Kingston. Would you believe so? Said so. Don't bust a man to blind. Couldn't see when the king come. Some of them, they promise some of them don't. When they rise up against a little kingdom, you politician with your evil agenda. Anyhow, you did just remember I. Yo, 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 before we even start, I just want people acknowledge Kranich's vocals on this. Just wait, just wait, just wait, just wait. Alright, prepare in the ears. Open in the ears and just listen to the vocals. Alright, listen to the vocals. That is the best song pan contraband album. I'm just feel like the song is just just underappreciated. It's just a great song. Like lead the vocals. Kabaka. Quick conversation. Kabaka is did I say quick conversation? <laughs> <laughs> quick input. Um Kabaka is one of Jamaica's greatest lyricists. I'm not even talking like this area. I'm talking in Jamaica's musical history, which is long. He's the greatest, one of the greatest lyricists. He's like right up there with Vibes Cartel and Damian Marley and Tanya Stevens. I'm going to fling in Massacre in there too. I'm just going to dash Lady Sa up there. Lady Sa deserves a seat at the table. She does. Stop looking at me like that, but she does. <laughs> Alright, guys. This is not a music podcast what if you guys want that that can happen that can happen that can happen can have a music podcast we're bored <laughs> welcome 
to the next to next this episode of Lest We Forget Podcast, a historical podcast by Tenement Yard Media. You guys can also check out Checkmate, which is a political podcast by Tenement Yard Media. And they will talk about politics with youths. And by youths, I mean people under the age of 30. <laughs> Sometimes I have some special guests and they're old. Durr. And, you know, yeah. But majority of the time is youths. So you can go check that out if you're interested. But, yeah. Yes. Welcome. All right. Hope everybody's safe. Hope everybody's not cough. Hope everybody's enjoying yourself. Hope you feel good. Yeah. Before I start, I just want to say the overwhelming support that we got for the second episode. Like, yo. This episode is being recorded on the... Let me not say the date. But it's recording in the week of the April 5th, and we're extremely excited about it. Like, Jenna, we had like what, eight listeners? <laughs> we had like eight listeners for this podcast, you know, yo. I'm here to say, like, ready for give up. Can we just say, yo, you know, make no sense? Like, I, the worst thing, me know the eight people, them we are listening to it. <laughs> Let me just say, yo, like, <sighs> like, just a lot. And then I went, we dropped episode Sunday, Tuesday. Tuesday, G, the last time we checked was almost like 300 listeners like me. I say, yo, we're live. We're live. I'm going to go shit and say, yo, nobody not chat to me today because I'm hype. I'm hype. I'm hype, but. And the only reason I'm hype is because, you know, because of my voice. And my voice did this. <laughs> you don't understand how people rough me up with my voice. Like, I, I get bullied on a daily basis, because, daily basis because of my voice. Like, I don't no sound like Anita Baker or a turn box. I don't have a sexiness there. But I soon get it. Just do it. Soon get it. But yeah. <laughs> like, like, we just want to thank everybody who like, retweet, comment, every single person who like the whole thing. Like, this week was just a great week. I mean, yeah, so, like, just pick up on yourself. You see me? And I can't even stress enough. I can't even stress enough. And to all the persons like, who reach out, because there are certain persons on social media who reach out and gave their thoughts on the podcast, they were certainly like, Older persons who were like, yo, we like this, but do this differently. There were some persons who were like, um, yo, we have an we'll update. And the Marcus Garvey, Amy Ashwood incident. Listen, messy. We're going to do a follow-up episode, but it's messy. Big up to the individual who actually um, gave me that information. Is at is Washington something, but I can't remember. I did save it, but I, I genuinely do not remember it. Yes, but big up himself. If you might listen to this, big up yourself, sir. I really don't remember his that name, but yeah. And yeah, well, that's basically it. Uh, yeah, what else I need to say? What else I need to say? What else I need to say? Yeah, but this episode bringing all Rastas that are alive, the Coral Garden story. Um, it's about Coral Gardens and the whole Coral Garden incident, but it's a lot more because we are start from the beginning, and the beginning does not begin with Coral Gardens. It's whew. Ooh, it's a lot. A lot, of, a lot of persons are involved. So it's a lot. It's a long episode. You probably know that when you see the length. Um, I try not to be boring. You get me? I try to so make this exciting. I'm going to make it to the point. I'm going to, you know, we're going to make it nice. We're going to make it nice. We're going nice to make it We're going to make it exciting to learn about. And to clear up any, like, myth about the incident and about what happened. You get me? I try to say, we're going to try our best. We're going to put it in a layman term with every ordinary person can understand. You get me a try to say even if you know nothing, we'll check we're gonna we're gonna introduce all the players. You understand? We're gonna gear box to up and all the players involved. We're gonna try to forget it. Is it me a try to say? And also like this is not supposed to like the the purpose of this episode is not to 
like attack any political party because people do, does it people do it is people does it or people do it you want to get one in english you know yes you want to talk jesus um <laughs> yeah why not come study too <laughs> listen <laughs> your life um as i was saying um people do it every year where around coral gardens um anniversary april 11th well april 10th to the 13th persons try to like play politics not uh, not realizing that yo lives were lost here and the fact that you're going to politicize the whole thing it does like no i remember there's a particular individual <laughs> well he's a politician who does it every year well most times he does it because I, I don't think he did it last but another year before and the year before that he did it where someone would teach about the coral guards incident and he will have a picture of this is what michael Mullen did and i'm like Why? It's the thing. I don't think he still does it. He, I don't think he still does it. I hope not. Because he didn't do it last year. So maybe, maybe somebody talked to him. Maybe somebody, maybe some, hopefully somebody talked to him about it. But yeah. So I just don't want person to politicize that. And in, in the same way, if we in the future have a podcast detailing like what some PMP politician did or a PMP-esque um, prime minister does, like nobody, it's not an excuse for attack no party. Like we do that for no one time. Like this channel is not created as some kind of forefront to 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 create um attacking points understand it's really to inform persons about the history especially history that's not being taught in school and jamaica has such an exciting history so, supposed to so we just try to fill a gap there so just yeah it's not that's just my disclaimer ready all right let's go let's go let's go all right ready to begin our live all right so let us let me you know upon the channel of backstory so the first thing we're gonna do is like lay out a foundation of the beginning stages of the Rastafarian movement. So yeah. Now one of the biggest misconceptions that exists is that Marcus Garvey is the founder of the Rastafarian um Rastafarian religion. Or like yeah, he like he's one of the founder. Um that's not necessarily true. So we're just gonna address that that first myth, and this is part one. It's called the beginning of Rastafarians. Yeah, the episode is broken into four parts. Yes, PowerPoints and all. In my head. <laughs> all right. So, um, I can go back and listen to the last episode before. Understand when Norma Malinelli beat up Marcos Garvey, and we have a whole introduction about Marcos Garvey. But just a brief overview. He was born in Jamaica. The right, excellent Marcos Mazzea Garvey, the national hero. He was born. In Jamaica on the 17th of August 1887, he founded the United Negroes Improvement Movement in 1914, and that is important to this because the UNIA was created as a platform for Black people around the world to embrace their blackness, become more black conscious, um, economic self-sufficiency, and just to create like an independent black nation of continental Africans and those of the diaspora. You get me, a Travis? So it's like one big family. And like Marcos, when he migrated to the US in 1916, he ended up like preaching that a lot. And so he became like this huge figure for the black movement. So in 1920, he made some statements. And one of the statements that he made was that he said, look to Africa when a black king shall be crowned for the day of deliverance is at hand. Understand? And incidentally, 10 years later, almost 10 years later, Ten years later, on the second of November, nineteen thirty, Haley Selassie was crowned 
the king of Ethiopia. Backstory upon Haile Selassie. Haile Selassie was born. I can't pronounce this. Actually, can Davy? What? <laughs> Actually, can't pronounce this. He was born Tafari Mekonen on twenty second, of January of July, eighteen ninety two, in Ethiopia. At a hypergetum, it doesn't can't pronounce it properly. Um, he was the son of Ras Mekonen, who was a chief advisor to the Emperor Menelik second of Ethiopia. And the ruler ended up becoming his mentor and like placing him in position to impact change from a very young age. It was like laying a platform for young people to like, you know, embrace the change. Is me I try for say? Anybody are listening to this? Anybody listening to this? You know just say? He placed a young person in charge so they can lay the foundation for the future. Lay the foundation for the future. Young person. Young person. <laughs> I hope we say what that you're supposed to go for a gold for no go for them it put young people in power. Um yeah, so after his death, Tafari became like a prominent political figure and like he like people started to respect him because he made huge strides in like Ethiopia's education sector and Ethiopia platform on the global scale. And Haley Selassie, he when he was crowned, he took the title of Kings of Kings, Lord of Lords and Conquering Lion of Judah. That has been burning the back of my head since my opinion. And, um, yeah. And, you know, we all know about his history. Like, you know, Mussolini, Italy, you know? Yeah. All right. But that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's another thing. That's another podcast. That's another podcast episode. If anybody wants to know more about Haley Selassie and Ethiopia during the 1930s, I got you. Just let me know. And me send some. Yeah, we sort it out. All right. So, that happened, right? And... It's like the persons who remembered Mar- Marcus Garvey words. Is that like they were like, yo, this Marcus Garvey did that talk about Haley Selassie is truly like the black man's king. Like he is the person who we're looking for for deliverance. Like, you understand? So one of the persons who actually took that serious and actually like ran with it and actually like embraced it was this gentleman named Leonard P. Howell. And he was Jamaican. He's Jamaican. He was, he was, he's dead now. So was. <laughs> Boy, God. He was born on June 16, 1898. And he was actually part of the UNIA. Um, he migrated to the US when he was like small. But yes, you know, when CIA do them job, CIA do them job. Like, so when Marcus Garvey got deported in Jamaica in 1928, like majority of the persons who were around him had some kind of like, some kind of repercussion. So they were either in jail or them get deported too. And because how well the part with, 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 with um, Garvey, he ended up being deported a couple of years later in 1932. Tell them what CIA. Do them job. Tell them that. Um, so he came back to Jamaica and he ended up writing like this book called The Promise Key. And this was basically like, the first book about Rastafarianism. It's a good book. Um, highly recommend. Highly recommend. Like it's a, if you want to understand like the psych of Rastafarianism, I would definitely tell you to like read that book. It clears up a lot of misconception about Rastafarian in the media. And for me, I read it like a couple of years back and it really like gave me personally a more framework of the religion and the movement and the practices and whys. And so a lot of whys and hows. Right? And um yeah, so he wrote that book and the name actually Rastafari, you know, Rastafari actually came from Haley Selassie because that was his title, Rastafari. His name is Tafari. 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 I've heard previously the same thing. Rastafari. 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 
Uh, yeah, and then Ras means king in Amharic, so translate. You get me a chance to say, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, so, um, nitty gritty. Leonard P. Howling, go around and tell people about it and the religion and stuff like that. And this was the 1930s. And understand, say, England did upon some next level nonsense in the 1930s because during the 1930s, we had like the sugarcane riots all over Jamaica from St. Mary. And then did I deal with that? And then you have Howell who did I go in and tell people, say, yo, we have a new black god. Like, we have a new black god. You get me a chance to say? And you know what they do? They arrest the man. <laughs> They arrested him on the charge that um, he's featuring doctrines that are considered anti-church and anti-government. And they arrested him on. And he was charged and sent to prison for sed- sedition. And then, like, he got released in 1940. So, yeah. But before I moved... So, that, so that's basically the beginning of Rastafarianism. Like, the whole beginning stage of the Rastafarian movement and stuff like that. But before me even go into that, before we even start part two, let me just say that um, even though I said earlier that um, Leonard P. Howell like talk about the first black god and stuff like that, like technically he isn't because he did have this Jenner. I, I think most Jamaicans know him. Alexander Bedward, the song. <laughs> that same Alexander Bedward. So for persons who don't know, Alexander Bedward was a lead of the Baptist Free Church, right? And back in 1920, he was going around telling people that, yo, he is Jesus. He is the reincarnation, reincarnation of G- that's the word. Yes, the reincarnation of Jesus, right? And him like tell people say, yo, them are gonna believe him because one day him just I go like him I go drop off, like him I go dead and rise back again, like him I send to heaven and then come back again. And you know what? So on December 13, 1920, because boy that sang there, he went and get all of his like supporters. And I always said the man go up on the hill and I say, yo, he might go jump off. And when he jump off, he might go to heaven. Because, you know, um, Jesus, that, that's where it goes, right? That's where it goes. Jesus departed to heaven the last time he was seen. That's where it goes? Yeah. That, that's where it goes. Yeah. Yeah. That's what the Bible says. That's what the Bible, that, that's what the Bible says. <laughs> Just because in clarification here, because, yeah, I only can speak about one religion. But Christianity bar shaky bad. Christianity bar shaky bad. But yeah, so which is weird because I've read the Bible many times. It's just certain the New Testament kind of hazy to me. Old Testament, okay, I shall down the New Testament hazy. And yeah, so basically, he went up on the hill, right? And choke I remember him saying, supposed to go up, but it's like 9.81 gravity said, No, Maji, calm yourself, relax. And bluff on the ground, him go and him never dead, but them arrest him and never got a prison, he never got an asylum. <laughs> Bellevue, mental asylum. And the, fun, the funniest thing, him not even live for even see like a black, like a whole religion firm around a black man. You see me? Because, or a black god, because him dead in 1930. But yeah, that, yeah, that's just a piece of history, you know, that I found interesting that person supposed to know, you know, Alexander Bedward. And you know, I remember reading, um, August Stone by Kaimila. That's a great book, actually. <laughs> I remember reading that book, and that book is like a fictional tale about Alexander Bedward going up, as in he ascended to heaven. That book is that's a great book. Kaimila, anyway, you deserve. Big up yourself. Big up yourself. I read that when I was in. I read it for a while now. I think in my first year. First year. Probably when I'm 30. First year. First year. Probably. 
Ve sekan evine şey. Bilemiyorum. <gülüyor> What's a great book do? Um yeah. So, yeah, that's just a local, you know? For persons who don't know about Alexander Bedward, that's just a local, you know? Information snippet. So, we reach part 2 now and part 2 is basically like details um um it's called the beginning of oppression. You see me? So it's basically like this 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 myth that surrounds that your coral gardens just arrive out of the air. No. And I swear to God, there were events and situations that led up to coral gardens. Like, coral gardens just like the peak. Like, Rastas, since their beginning, have been oppressed in Jamaica. And we are not supposed to forget those events. Like, it's been happening. And it's still happening today. You understand? So, yeah. Jamaican people, when they don't understand things, when they don't relate to things... The injustice just continue, and that's one of the saddest part about this society. Hopefully, we can move forward as a country one day. Hopefully, I think we're thirty-five percent there. <laughs> that's the percent. Yeah, that's the percentage I'm using. Um, more of my thoughts. Check out Checkmate. <laughs> All right, so yeah, we're gonna start part two. So, like as I said before, um, Leonard P. Howell, right? So yeah, basically the founder of the Rastafarian movement. He, when he got released in 1940, he went to St. Catherine and there was this, he got this land, well, settled on this land and he called it the Pinnacle. And the Pinnacle was on this high hilltop elevation and it was basically like supposed to be like the hub of Rastafarian community in Jamaica. So like a lot of Rastas or persons who are interested in religion to learn more about the religion who were coming into their black consciousness and wanted to like convert from whatever religion or they were from to Rastafarianism would go there and just have conversation and live and farm. You know, Rastas are very self-sufficient. You know, if on the ground, like are the world's first vegan. Like, you know, people say, oh, we eat vegan food. I mean, I say, you ever, you ever try Rastafarian food? Like, listen, tastes good. I have energy for days. Like, yeah, vegan food itself. But yeah, like, you get my point, get my point, get my point. So, he went and he settled there and a large community was there. And like, the government never did that ease up them foot off of the gas. Like, 1941, them shoot them godong upon him. And them arrested, like, majority of the followers at, at Pinnacle. Come back again later down of the year, them gone again, and this time them sentenced him to two years in prison. When Leonardo was released in 1943, the man go back up pinnacle, and he's like, nobody never troubled him after that. Like for years, like them did a flourish and live in harmony, you know. <laughs> Avatar. <laughs> they did a flourish and live. <laughs> they did a flourish and live, and yeah, you see me. So there was a period of time where they like calm, calm. But it wasn't going to last. You know, it wasn't going to last. So, one of, like, the, the, one of the large-scale oppression of, earliest of earliest events of large-scale oppression of Rastas happened back in 1950. And what caused this event was a Gleaner article. Getting this from my Gleaner article. Gleaner Archives, big up on yourself. This time, because I have a beef with you guys. This time. But you guys came through the clutch this time. Um... A Chinese girl, she said that she was on Polisado's road with her boyfriend, right? And a black man came, a Rasta man came, killed her boyfriend, threw him at the sea, and raped she, right? And she says, a Rasta man, right? And she crab up him face, you see me? One man who was coming in the opposite direction say, yo, it wasn't a Rasta man. Because the man with him see her run, never have no ear upon him head. Him they just have... Um, 
and they just have 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 and they just have well what do i call it beard yeah i'm just having beard <laughs> and so if man also like you know that's not a rasta man a rasta man have here when they made the locks and stuff to be noted leonard p will never have locks he never had locks so the man i say yo in and that and if that a rasta man jamaican police never take that jamaican police say yo any rasta man you see Catch them, shave off them beard, you see me, and search them face. So, they went in a hole, hunt for that. If they found the man who did the raping, I don't know, because I still haven't gotten any reports back from my sources, if they actually found the man, right? But that, that's just one of the earliest events that happened. Then, after that, came 1958. I remember telling you, so 1958 was a year. 1958 was that year. That was a year. And, tell you one of 1958, no. So understand the climate. 1958. Naman Manley was in charge of government. Zimi finally get a chance. Because history is not kind to him. If you study Norman Manley, history is not kind to him. <laughs> um, Norman Manley, adult suffrage, was like the leader for adult suffrage. In the <laughs> election of 1954, him knowing nothing. Um, and for like a good 11 years, nothing happened. He was not in power. PMP finally got in power in 1955. So, yes. Finally get free on the country. You understand? He left his law office, which came back to bite him. He left his, his practice, which came back to bite him. And um because the PMP went into bankruptcy <laughs> after they lost the the general election. And he had to take out mortgage and blah 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 da 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 da, da sell him look jumbler. That not important that's not important. That's not important. That's not important. And yeah, so I'm finding a power and nineteen fifty eight, them did a try to get the the Oxford men were trying to get the West Indian Federation up and running. And the West Indian, West Indian Federation was like this um, organization um, which was supposed to promote regionalism in the Caribbean. It was supposed to be um, all the Caribbean countries like having one community, one mindset, one goal, um, encouraging free trade and free movement and sharing of resources. It's like what is CARICOM before the 70s. That's what it was supposed to be. The Oxford men include Sir Grandly Adams of Barbados. Um, if you pass through Barbados Airport, you get it. Um, Eric Williams of Trinidad and Tobago. We got the sharp people them of the world. And then you have Norman Manley. You see me? And they were called Oxford men because they all studied at Oxford. For a period of their life, they studied at Oxford. And they were like really close and stuff like that. So yeah. And they were trying to get the West Indian Federation off the ground. That was 1958. That was Jamaica, basically. And Norman over here trying to get education upon only like fifteen percent of the government budget was going towards Jamaica towards education. Common entrance was trying to be off got lifted off the ground. That was a thing happening as well. The other thing that did happen <laughs> was Rastafarianism the Rastas were they were making noise. And not noise as in like problems. They were finally coming into their own and having structure. Understand and having they were becoming a structured religion. It's like they were moving from being a cult to a religion. In my opinion, every single religion started out as a cult. In my opinion. So hence the reason why I use cult. For me, every religion started as a cult. And with time, it became a religion. It became accepted. When a cult is accepted, it became a religion. That's me. That, that's what my opinion. Don't attack the channel. <laughs> right? So that's the reason why I use cult. Alright. So, and what happened in May 1958... They had their famous um, Prince Emmanuel convention. And this convention 
was supposed to be like um we still got into that we still got into that convention what does it remember just remember the convention the prince emmanuel yeah prince emmanuel convention and the government like the police go in and burn down the camp years after the convention no sometimes after the convention in may of 1958 them did that then in one month later nine rastafarian families were forcibly evicted from lands in spanish town and their homes destroyed then in october we had the same year we had the same year in october the police raided another rastafarian camp in westmoreland and imprisoned its leader who was later convicted and sentenced right and then Lindstead, we had the same year in the same year, nineteen fifty, I tell you, it was that year. Um, there was confrontation between Rasta and police when it was alleged that a group of Rastafarians attacked two police officers. And then during the incident, the police shot and killed Rastafarians, and four Rastafarians were also no, not also were arrested. Right, the four Rastafarians were arrested, but they were never seen again. Like nobody knows the them after them get arrested. And then after that, no. You had the coronation market riot. We still had the same 1958 year, you know. I'm telling you, it was that year. That year. The coronation market riot was basically like this police attacked this Rastafarian who was sweeping. He was sweeping, sweeping. They attack him, beat him, take him to the hospital. The Rastafarian them roll up at the hospital. The policeman them, no one them, they, they. So they beat them, pull them locks, throw things, pan them. Like, it was just a lot. Like, it was just a lot. <laughs> It was really a lot. So now man over here so no I control. Now man over here so I try for control um Buster. Cause Buster was in opposition. So we get into who is Buster for persons who don't know. Um then we have the West Indian Federation, then we have the Rastafari. Yo, it was a lot. Like me not even, me not even understand what man I go through. Like we just a whole lot for deal with at one time. Right, and this is not me making a mistake. Thing, but just say like, yo, <laughs> give the average person that, like, nobody don't want to go through that. Exactly, because it's an, especially because it's a new thing. Like, it's new. It's new. This is why I'm so partial to the government now with the coronavirus thing because it's new. I'm gonna feel like for whole people for something that has never happened. Like, it's all new. It's happening in real time. We are learn with them <laughs> what to do. Right. So yeah. Go easy upon the, the wellness, um, the wellness, the wellness, I mean, a couple times, you know, go easy upon them. So, like, that happened. But go back to the convention now. So, the Prince Emmanuel Convention, which happened in 1958, we are talk about a while, that happened in Bakawal. And we'll soon get to Bakawal. Bakawal in Porta, but we'll soon get to that. Bakawal was like, was filled with like Rastafarians, like, at the convention, they were dancing and singing and like praying. They like, they like, like you know, it's a religion, so you know, they must celebrate, them, celebrate them God and stuff like that. And it happened over a twenty-one day period, and it was implied at the end of the convention that yo, they were going to Africa. So, I, nineteen fifty-nine come, I have this general named Claudius Henry, and he was returning from. The U.S. to Jamaica, right? He lived in the U.S. a couple of years, and he was ter- he came back, and he founded the African Reform Church. And the African Reform Church was really founded on Rastafarians, Rastafarianism principle, right? And Henry went around. He's telling that he's God's prophet. He was saying that yo, he's God's prophet, and he 
Well, people around him were selling tickets to Rastafarians who wanted to return to Africa. Right? That, yeah, true story. Them that girl sell tickets. And if you know about Jamaica, you know this is a good down slope. You know this is a good down slope. And them are going on a sell ticket and Rastafarians are like very enthusiastic because this is one of their mantra to return to Africa, you know? And is that the man who sell ticket? So the Rastafarian, them, you know, the Rastafarian community people were like selling off their position and selling off their goods and stuff. And them are buying the ticket. No shit never exists. Nothing no go so. Mm-mm. Man, them take the money and run. And it's like, apart from being like, disappointed the man them just like there was nothing for them to do like them get scammed <laughs> like them get scammed like legit and the government intervened you see me and they charged claudius henry with fraud because i really yeah i think camp orchestrate the whole thing you see me and he was found guilty and sentenced to 12 months in here in jail 12 months in jail so <sighs> tell me t- whoa this is a lot 1960 come, Zimmy and Claudius come out of jail. Come out of jail for 12, 12 months. Eh? Come out of jail. And the government decided, say, yo, they're going to raid him house. So on April 12, 1960, the government intervened, Zimmy. And the government, when they're going to raid him house, they find detonators, they find dynamite, they find homemade bombs, they find guns. Them find machete and sword. Um, them same find sword. Meaning, I've never seen a sword in Jamaica. I probably one night for well I don't. Me no, me no feel like I, I. I pray. I, I, I strongly believe it's not a sword. Yeah. So after them do all of that now, the government lock up Henry and several of his supporters for conspiring to overthrow the government and treason. Government and treason. Why? Let me tell you why. Apart from finding all the ammunition, they must find a letter. And the letter was addressed to Castro. <laughs> Fidel Castro. The letter was addressed to Fidel Castro, telling Fidel Castro that, yo, in the same way he took Cuba from the US, he's supposed to take Jamaica from the government. Like, he was, he's not, not, no, he's supposed to do something similar to Jamaica. You understand? Come over and make Jamaica, you know? Yeah. And the Gleaner had this big headline that said, Castro may call today. And that was in like, um, it was in coordination with the OAS meeting that, that they were like, they were at that OAS meeting coming from and stuff. And Raul, who is Castro's brother, right? Who, fun fact, he was the one who introduced Che Guevara to Castro. Um, Cast, like he was also in Jamaica. So Raul was in Jamaica. So they must say, yo, they must have asked the letter to Raul. Like they had a whole plan. Then we have a plan. And I want you to say, like, <laughs> the government go find it. <laughs> and they must say, yo, we don't really did a plot of rebellion. We don't really did a plot of rebellion. And hence the reason why they let them up for, for treason. And it was like the first time in Jamaica, modern Jamaica history, someone was charged for, for, for treason. Um, persons may say, why I said take US, Cuba from US. What? Yeah. Um, if you know... Cuban history, study Cuban history, you understand why I said that? Because the US had like, nothing US, US had a hand in Cuba during the 1930s, 40s, and 50s. They were like, what body? Food, hand, head, mouth, everything in, a, in, a, in a Cuba. Like the Italian mafia ran their huge operation out of Cuba. Like the hotels and casinos. It, Cuba, Cuba was just owned by the elites during that time, and like the poor persons in the country were like not benefiting or anything. Yeah, let me not let me not start that. We're going to be here for the whole day if I start talking about 
the Cuban Revolution. Yeah. So, and then yeah, everybody knew Castro, Che Guevara, followers came down from the hill on January 1st, 1959. And, you know? Yeah. Cuban Revolution. Jesus. Today is not the day. So, yeah, that happened. So, when the gov- when Jamaican government, no, we're back to Jamaican government, back to Jamaican government, no. When the government went in and, like, get like get the persons and stuff and get um henry and in followers it's like it was it just became it just escalate the event even more it just escalate any kind of like it just escalate a lot like any kind of any kind of any kind of solving that could occur between the government and the rastas it was just it was not it just it made the situation much worse because apart from them finding guns, apart from them finding letter, they out of the inc- out of that incident when they raided Claudia's house, there were four British soldiers who were killed, right? They were ambushed and shot. Um, I lied, they weren't killed. Two died, two died, two injured. Yeah. Um, they were also like they also found um, what's his name? Renal Hen. Ronald Henry. Sources say his name is Renal. Sources say his name is Ronald. That was his son. And that was Claudia Henry's son, and he was like, a, he was like the VP at the African Reform Church as well, and they take him in. So it's like that. They just made the situation like, so, like it just made the situation worse. Like any agreement between the government and who they believe were part of it was just going to go downhill, and the Rastafarians are the ones who were just facing it. It was just a bad PR move for the Rastas, and Norman Manley were still still um premier he there was a he had a he had a whole statement right and one of the he came in the gleaner it was at the side right if anybody want that article let me know then again i can't give it to i can't i can't give it to yeah we can't give it to but i can't let me explain let me explain it it was a on the on the page front page to the left of it it said to the right right to the right <laughs> Why am I so technical? There was a report that said, it's a headline that says, Report Unusual Rasta Movement. Manley said, right? So Manley was basically saying that, yo, what he was saying that Manley said that it was, if you see any Rastas in two or three, report them to the nearest police station. And this is the article that persons use every year when they're trying to like, that. You remember when I said that at the beginning of the, of the, of the podcast when I said, yo, like, there's this individual who loves to post like, oh, Manly did this, Norman Manly did this. This is the article that he posted. This is the article that he posted without context. He posts the headline without context. And it says, report unusual Rasta movement, right? And that was basically what I said. They said, two or three Rasta, report them to the police station. You see me? And Norman went on to say, and this is why he justified what he was saying, what why he d- said the statements. He said recently there has developed a section of the Rastafarian a section of the Rastafarian movement which introduced two new elements. The first was a positive preachment of violence against the country as a whole, and the second was its association with foreign elements in the United States of America. It will be the policy of government to pursue relentlessly and to stamp out completely every trace of this new movement of violence in the in this country. Right? And the important key, let me explain, he said foreign elements in the United States of America. He said foreign elements because um, it wasn't there. The Claudius Henry and his son was getting reported, it's reported that they were getting their guns from a radical group, a group they deemed to be radical in the US. They were like sending the ammunition to them, like the detonators and the swords and 
the things that told on their phone, they were they apparently they were the one who were sending to them. So that was what Molly was was saying. And it's like yeah, them they take it people were reporting, you know, the, the rest of her and his name and it's like the Rastas, like the conscious Rastas was like, yo, this is not us. Like, this is not what our movement stands for. We are not violent people. Like, we're not violent. And they, some persons contacted Sir Arthur Lewis at UWE and told him that, yo, can there be a, like a formal investigation to what the Rastafarian community is and stuff like that? People not take our word feet and stuff. So what Norman did, word got back to Norman, and what Norman did, Norman commissioned a few scholars to do a whole report on the Rastafarian movement. And the scholars that he had, that he, that was commissioned, was M.G. Smith, Roy Eger, and Rex Netherford. Uh, the Rex Netherford. The Rex Netherford. Arguably, one of the greatest Caribbean patriots in our lifetime. Same Rex Netherford that for him, NDTC. The same Rex Netherford that the Hall and Yui is named after. That The Chancellor. That man. Rex Netherford, right? So, yeah. And... All of them were like went and they spent time with the Rastas and they brought back the report. And the report was called the Rastafari Movement in Kingston, Jamaica. And what I tell you, say, about three weeks, it took me to get the report because people are playing. It took me a while to get the report and the report was 28 pages. And I had to read that. If anybody wants the report, reach out to me. I can give you that. I can give out, right? Yeah, I can give out that report. And it was, I wanted to read the report because the report is important. I'm going to tell you why, why I wanted to read the report. Because the report urged, this is the report, the, the report had steps. And the report had like a good case study of what the, the Rastafarian, Rastafarian movement is, um, what it stands for, its purpose, and basically what they wanted. And this summary, they said that they want to leave, they want the government to leave, the police in particular, to leave the innocent Rastafari brethren alone, stop cutting off their hair, stop moving them on, stop arresting them on minor pretexts, and stop beating them up. Right, the report also made a series of recommendations. One which is very important, where they said that they want to like go to Africa to like study and blah blah. Like they wanted to see what Africa is like and stuff like that. And the government can like do stuff to get that to make that possible. And they want better living conditions. And you know, that that's basically the recommendations of the art of the of the article. And the reason why I, why I fought so hard for that article, I fought so hard about the article because Norman Mali accepted it. And he made those recommendations. Norman made those recommendations. He ended up like try, he was trying to delegate like a thing with the police and the Rastas. Like he did that try. <laughs> he did that try, but I mean they can't try and try so much. And then he ended up did grant their wish of sending delegations to Africa. He sent a ten man Rastafari. I wish a woman was a part of that. He sent a ten man um, delegation of Rastafarians to Africa. They went to Syria alone. They went to Nigeria and they had conversations with persons and. So yeah, like no one accepted it, and he what he, he what he did he was basically the first politician to accept Rastafarianism as like a group in Jamaica that needed protection. They were a vulnerable group, and he accepted it. But one of the greatest things that he did by accepting it and by standing up for them, right, and he gave them legit legitimacy. That's it. That's the word. Legit, he gave them legitimacy because up to that time, they were, they, nobody gave them validation that yo, can everybody tell them things as a joke team? You understand what I'm trying to say? And he basically stood up and be like, yo, as a leader of the country, we're going to do this. And I think well, this is one of the things that yo, like, we need to applaud Norman for that. Like, regardless of anything, you're like a JLP or PMPA. Like, you know, all people stuck in them wheels. You understand? All people don't like, 
when that one was like 60, 65, around them time there. And no man was able to like grow, <laughs> growth, <laughs> and be like, all right then, this is new. I don't know the people then, but I'm not going to oppress them. You get me a try for put. And maybe my actions in the past, when him say yo, when him said that yo, um, report unusual Rasta movement, you understand, and report if you see Rasta in two or three um, gatherings, like him literally say, like change back on him words and be like, yo, all right, understand, so not do that, blah, blah, blah. Like, him not try. You understand, so. Politics aside, or where you stand and your political ideology, or if you hear socialists, or if you're not PMP supporter, direct JP, you cannot denounce the fact that you're the money that try. Like, can't denounce the fact the money is legit that try. See me? Yeah. And that's the end of part two. <laughs> Let's go into part three. Woo! I'm tired. Wait. Wait there. God. Alright, we're gonna start. So, part three is why we're here. Part three. We're going to talk about the Coral Gardens. Partly, we're going to talk about Coral Gardens. And before I start, let just say this. You guys will be shocked to know for those who don't know. Coral Gardens was... The whole issue of Coral Gardens all came out of pathways. No, legit pathways. It all started because the government decided they were going to tell a group of... They were going to tell Jamaican citizens where they're supposed to walk and where they're not supposed to walk. Like, legit, I walk people, I walk by road, started the whole thing. Legit. So, let me get a backstory on the coral. Let me get a backstory. Because we just did a whole, probably 40 minutes about Rastafarian movement and history of oppression and blah, blah, blah. So, look start. So, yeah. So, we talk about Norman Mali, right? Mm. For non-Jamaicans who are listening, and I hope non-Jamaicans are listening, <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> learn something new. Um... Jamaica gained independence in August 6, 1962. And Norman never became prime minister. He was ne- never became prime minister. I tell you, history not kind to him. History not kind to him. <laughs> the man was the first man. The man was one of the first people to live in the world and say, Yo, Jamaicans, Jamaica need independence. He need a lead charge. I end up never become prime minister. I end up not even seeing himself become prime minister. Like, ja, ooh. Yeah, you know, back to the story, yeah. So, August 6th come, Jamaica, you know, Union Jack go down, flag go up, and Jamaica's first prime minister, leader of the Jamaica Labour Party, which is, which is like, for uh, persons who don't know JLP, they are the, well, they have taken on a more middle-centrist ideologies now, but they are basically the right-wing party of Jamaica. They're the right-wing party of Jamaica, basically. In our context, so it's a whole mix-up. I'm okay, I'm so we're just going to go with the right-wing party. We want to me, correct me, but that's what we're going with. So, yeah. And the leader was Sir Alexander Bustamante. Backstory. Two-line. Sir Alexander Bustamante, he was born on February 1884. He, in, 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 in Anova, he was born in Anova, but in past Shiki, because every time you, you try to read about him or ask somebody about him, you get to a different story. So he traveled the world and he came back to Jamaica when he was 50. He was a youth, he started like a loan business and then he became like a trade unionist and stand up for workers' rights, founded the BITU, um, totally was part of the PMP for a period of time. Then he ended up falling out and when he came out of prison, he founded the Jamaica Labour Party as an extension of him. Let me not say that. 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 That's <laughs> another episode. That's messy. That's so messy. Yeah, he started Jamaica Labour Party, and yeah, that's most of. I'm not going to speak too much about him because there are certain persons in Jamaica history I can't speak like a lot about them. Buster, Siaga, 
Michael Manley, Bob Marley. Like there are a few there are a few characters because they have such a they have such like a, 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 a they have this past. It's so messy and it's so much. You have, to, you, have to talk, you have to talk about them in a stages. You understand? You have to choose an incident. You have to choose a year and say, I'm going to talk about them. Yes, so. And make a board of where you're going to talk. This year to this year. This incident to this incident. Because it's so messy. So, yeah. Yeah. So, that's Bustamante. Yeah. Oh, I said Alexander Clark before. He changed his name to Bustamante. I'm telling you, the man passed shaky. And he became Prime Minister of Jamaica at 78 years old. For, fun fact for persons who don't know. He was 78 when he became Prime Minister of Jamaica. Yeah, so where we are, where we are, where we are, where we are. Yeah, Coral Gardens. And the, yeah, when I said choose a borders, this is the border of Buster Monty that I'm telling. Coral Gardens. We're going to tell a story. There. That's the border. So, 1962. Well, 63. But we get a climate of 1962 to 63. Um, Western Jamaica, which is St. James, Anova, Westmoreland, St. Elizabeth, that put your land in the mix to Peace of St. Um, Manchester, right? That's where we are. We're in that. We're in that environment. We're in that environment. 1962, and one of the characters to be played in the Coral Guy incident was this Jenna called Sir Francis Moncrief Card Jarrett. Card Jarrett is important because if you know Jamaica land economy, you know that Card Card Jarrett family family they own majority of the land in St James, like for a huge amount of years. Like they were like owners of Montego Bay, really. And yeah, so Francis was. Costos. And apart from being Costos, he was the largest landowner. He was the politics. He was the largest landowner of the area. And he him never like Rasta. In here Gavi and in the here Rasta. Like I'm telling you. The underlying racism, the underlying classism. Like if they just not even underline, bull up in their face. He did hate them. Like him speak out against them for years. Like he was like, yo. No, like the government, if you do something about them people, yeah, like because it's a problem, it's an issue that needs to be dealt with. Like it can't work, it no for go so. Right? So one of the places that he owned was Barnet Estate. And Barnet Estate was like coming up in like it, it was going to be developed, right? It was going to be developed and he wanted to develop it especially around the Rosal area. And a piece of the area of the Rosal um area, Rosal, the same Rosal, Annie Palmer. White Witch of Rosal, Killer husband them. Yeah, that, that same Rosal. Coral Gardens is part of that land. Yeah, so Coral Gardens and Rosal, same place basically. Yeah, so it's like Portmore's part of St. Catherine, Coral Gardens is part of Rosal. So that's where we are, right? And he was trying to develop it. And he was in talks with the Minister of Development and Welfare at the time about redeveloping the area around Coral Gardens for it to become this major tourist resort because, like, them did do like the Half Moon. Half Moon Bay Hotel and that try for like, you know? Yeah. Run pan the look, you know, run pan it, you see me? Um, what's important is that the Minister of Development and Welfare at that time is someone we never talk about when we're talking about Korean Gardens. Like, them generally get mentioned none time. What persons who don't know? The minister was Edward Siaga. Yes. The Edward Siaga. Eddie? Tivoli Eddie? <laughs> Producer Eddie? One Dan Eddie? That Edward Siaga. May you rest in peace. If you want to hear how oh, Edward Siaga was, um, he went into the fashion industry in Jamaica. <laughs> you can check out our first episode 
our first episode, Rip Edward Siaga, but you have these politicians out here sweating. You can check out that episode. Hilarious. And I'm not the only person. One of the original persons who are supposed to be hosting there, and so you can go listen to him voice. If you tell me. So, yeah. So, that happened. That, that's Edward Siaga. Edward Siaga and Kai Jarrett, they were in talks. The problem with developing the property now was the rest of them. Because at the time, Montego Bay was like, let me Montego Bay, St. James, and a lot, there are a lot of persons of Rastafarian community, like they were uh, like they were there. And the government had an issue dealing with them because they were like small scale, they were doing small scale farming there. So apart from living in the area, they need a walk about here because they have a land where they have plant pond. You understand? So they just walk. I mean, they might try to develop as a, as a tourist destination. So it's like, in a film, they must imagine a tourist coming and see a Rastaman a walk. And one of those Rastaman who live in the area, who work in the area, who are land in the area, was this brother called Rudolph Franklin. I want to tell you that Rudolph Franklin a bad man. Them man didn't take chat too tough. <laughs> I'm not talking bad man like Kerrigan and stuff. It's just like, the man just never did go and take the disrespect and rough up when did I get. The man said, I'm not going like that. Yeah, so... So this is let me just give you a little timeline of what I go on with Rudolph now. Um what was Rudolph name? It's on the paper. Be- Benjamin. Benjamin. Benjamin Rudolph Franklin. Yeah. So that's his real name. That's his real name. But just gotta call him Rudolph Franklin for this. His daughter in the documentary Bad Friday, which I had to watch like six times to get this information. She said that yo, um her her father, Rudolph, his father left him a piece of land at Coral Gardens. And him father left in the land. So clearly him owned the land. And this was the land that he was using to do some farming, right? And according to persons who know him and stuff, um, daughter, she said that, yo, he lived at the Rose Hall and he used to farm around the Salt Spring area in St. James. And the man usually burn him coal. Him do him look at farming, you see me? I'm going to tell you, I'm going to take chat too tough, see? So... The first encounter between Rudolph and the police happened when the police raided this farm at the exact time the crap them ready for you. You see me? So according to him's daughter, the police come, take all them, take all them crops, root them on the farm, and then when them done, when them done, them chop down the rest. Chop down the rest, so the man are getting no benefits. You know? And him say, you know, understand why them are doing it, because he's not a squatter. Like, he's not a squatter, like, He's not a, why not why not continue to say harass me? And they must say, you're not a squatter, but you live too close to Rosal. And they must say, what him what may I do? <laughs> you understand? And a second occasion, according to his daughter, the police again raided his farm, reap what they wanted, and chop down the rest. Like so two times it happened. And the man literally say, Yo, what is no problem? What is no problem? But understanding you know, I'm telling you already, say, yo, the government did a really and truly try for like develop the area as a tourist area and them can't have in a film brain tourists no want to see no black man with big locks and a walk with tools that are farming according to them like them no want them to see that they want to see the happy go like jamaicans the irony this is so ironic but yeah they never want to sell the rastafarian image right they don't want that so them really are trying to forget the man yesterday the third occasion the man said listen i i kill him i can't kill him and I've come kill my feet. <laughs> and legit, they, legit, he meant it. So the third time them go, the man take out um, a farm. <laughs> the man take out a machete, sorry. And the man stand up with the machete. And the man, sorry then, take out no one now. I dare you. 
and then like the police told him to drop his weapon he never dropped it and they shot him three times um he didn't die he got surgery um you know that j cole is j yeah j cole yeah two zero one four five hundred um fool me one time shame on me fool me twice shame on you no i fool me one time shame on you fool me two times shame on me fool me three times peace sign load of the chapel anyway <laughs> Yeah, so like the third time the man say, Yo, listen, I kill you, never come kill me over the land. You never come kill me. Come in, I move. Like, you know, I go so. So, according to him, daughter, like, the man have a machete and the man say, Yo, him not. Me couldn't come with him crabs because he work on the land and he might reap when he might reap when grow. Like, una, una, una take it to another level now. The police asked him for lower him weapon. The machete him having him on. He never lower the machete and he end up get shot. Right? End up got shot in his stomach. Um, he never died. Yeah, when he yeah, so that that's basically what's happening, around, right? And it's like him come out. It was nineteen sixty three, you know. Heal and stuff. I didn't go back and farming. I go back and farming and stuff like that. And Rudolph was basically like this. He was explaining the whole Rastafari movement to persons around the area, to moderate the farmers around the area. So he was like seen as one of the elders and stuff. He was the elder, elder, but he was like one of the person could go to and talk to about Rastafarianism and stuff like that. So that great relationship with other farmers and the Rastafarian community. But again, I tell you, man, like, understand the style. Say, yo, the government needed to get rid of them, right? Because the government was like, yo, we are developing the land. Why, do n- why are you here? And then I try them best for like get rid of them. Them come and them say, yo, like one of the things they did actually to like oppress the rest of us, them say, yo, them can't walk as in a certain area. So there was a road from um there was a road from railway lane to Barnet Street, right up to South Spring. I would have go up to like what is today now is um where the airport is. I can't say because it's it, person said it's called White House and in local research White House is was is where was where the current airport is so it's not there today so you see that road that's where majority of the Rastafarians usually walk for garden farm you see me the government tell them say only can walk this so don't walk this so cannot walk this because this is the tourist thing and this is where I develop and every time the police see the Rastafarian them they may not let them up every single time them see them they may not let them up they may not get beat like. If a police catch around this, oh, whoo! And then when they say they don't understand, cause I feel them. When I say, oh, me don't understand, they tell me some can't walk in my own country. Like legit, like if you, if you watch Bad Friday, man, I say, oh, they basically tell me so we cannot walk in our own country. Like it make no sense. Remember, instruction, I say, oh, a walking path is a pathway. Start all of this pathways. You see me? And Buster in a Kingston now, and Buster, cause this is how it happened in like early 1963, right? Buster was like, yo, I'm tired of this. I'm not want this happen. This need for stop. Like, we don't need for country. We need for this one more than Rasta Man. Like, it can't work. So, the, the police just upon this manhunt for the, for the, for the Rasta Man. Them like, any Rasta them see, them are run up. Any Rasta them see, them are run up. So, I'll let her go on. I'll let her go on. Your prayer come around now. And to the week leading up to the Christian holiday of Easter, you know, Jesus. Died on the cross, Easter weekend. You see me? Leading up to that week. Thursday, August 11, 1963. You see me? Um, some rest them on a walk. But this time, they make up their mind, say, yo, 
When them a walk on a road, yeah, them a defend themselves. Them nah, make no police catch them again and do them nothing. Cause them deserve walking in their own country. Them can't tell them nothing. You understand? Like, like them. If we hear Busta, we hear Siaga, we hear um, we hear the, the um the, the Costas. In a go so, in a go so. I owe one. I would deserve to walk on it. And it's like they book up on some police and them defend themselves and. What arise out of that was the burning down of the Ken Douglas petrol station. And there's a lot of things up in the air about how and why the petrol station was burned down. So there are two accounts. The first account is by the police report, right? And the police report basically said that this is according to a um I observe an article because I couldn't get my hands on that because yeah. Tell the people of Playway. Um, being a researcher in Jamaica is one of the hardest things. One of the hardest things. So he said, a group of Rastafarians armed with spears, hatchets, and machetes set fire to a gas station as part of an attempt to robbery. A skirmish resulted between the Rastafarians and the police who arrived at the gas station, resulting in the deaths of three Rastafarians, two policemen, and three civilians also on the scene. That's what they said that occurred. Right? That's what the police report said. Someone else said something completely different and this person was horace campbell and he was he's a professor of african studies at syracuse university in um new york if anybody want that paper he published a he published an article if anybody want that let me know i can give you that he said he said that um what happened at the gas station was the result of a previous conflict between Franklin and other Rastafarians in the area on one hand and the police and property owners on the other. So, remember when I said the Rastafarians were walking on the road that Thursday night? Franklin was part of that group. Same with that Franklin. After I get a tree shot in the building, they heal and stuff. And yeah. So it's like, there are two different accounts of what happened. But, just understand, so the gas station, the gas station got burnt down. Right? Gas station got burnt down. Yo, for the past two episodes, a gas station caused all of this. <laughs> we have a before about gas station. And episodes, this one is about gas station as well. So, yeah. Yeah. So, it's like the gleaner end up running this huge ad about the whole the whole gas station being burnt down. Eight killed after attack on gas station. Two police, three Rastafarians among the dead. Right? And, yeah, so, them burned on the station, no? Right, that was reported. So the, the 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 Rastaman burned down the stations. A group of Rastafarians burned down the station, and also reports say that yo allegedly the group of Rastafarians, same Rastafarians, attacked and killed Edward Fowler while he was staying his goat. Edward Fowler was the he was like the headman of the of the land. Um, they allowed the attendant to flee before dosing the station with gasoline from the pumps. Um. Then them say a bystander and a traveling salesman, them go look, walk one over there, and them get killed. So, it's like a lot of issues arrive out of it. Like, out of just the burning of the gas station. And the gleaner end up running this huge ad that said, Ed killed after attack on gas station. Two policemen, three Rastafarians among the dead. That was huge headline that the gleaner ran. So, Prime Minister Bustaman to him, he flew down to Montego Bay and he had the commissioner of police, the top command of the Jamaican Def- Defense Force, the security chief, two ministers of government, and several police from the headquarters in Kingston to deal, to like handle the issue. No, no matter this, you know. It's like. Why? 
Woo! <laughs> All right. So all them they fly down. Keep my opinion to myself. All of them they are fly down. See? And man's is like, all right then. We need to do with the issue. Remember that investors are looking at all of this. And just remember that they told them that, yo, we don't need to handle the Rastafarian issue. Because tourists do, do not want to see Rastafarians. They don't want to see them on the land. Especially the fact that, yo, they were trying to develop the land and the Rastafarian ended up on the land. So, Alexander Bustamante, who... May I try... Why? Buster uttered... Don't keep it. Buster uttered these famous words. Bring in all Rastas, dead or alive. So that's how he ended up saying those words, right? And he also said something. They also said something. He said, um, well, reports have him saying, more than one reports actually have him saying that, yo, if you actually watch the Bad Friday um, documentary, reports have him saying that if the GL can't hold them, bring them a Bogey Hill. And Bogey Hill is a, is a, is a burial yard in St. James. What do the English refer that? cemetery is a is a cemetery in um saint james so that's another thing that he said and the police did they carry out orders did they carry out orders underneath the underneath the prime minister commands rastamar rastafarians were captured brought into jail the unlucky ones were killed so when the jail them get full and bring them outside and dunce them in the water like there was just so much going on over that weekend spans like what was supposed to be a holy weekend turned into what is today. And that is why the nickname Bad Friday came about. Because the incident, the declaration from the Prime Minister came on Good, came on good Friday, the, the Friday. And so it's the Bad Friday. And it was just a lot. It was really a lot. It was just a lot. Just a whole lot. Like, you have some reports that have like saying that it's 150 Rastafarians were captured and jailed and tormented. Then you have other reports that like 200, like it's like it between those regions, you know, but still like, it... and then, and then <laughs> in the middle of all of this, you know, no, well, it's not in the middle. After all of this, um, the, there was a media issue, right? With the, the, the GLP and media houses, um, one in particular, and basically what happened was, um, the Edward Siaga wrote to the chairman of both JBC Radio and RGR threatening that he would restrict broadcast if they did not correct their irresponsible statement. Um, and what he was talking in reference to is because like JBC Radio, RGR, um, they had like, they, they had stories saying that it's an uprising, right? And Siaga was saying it's not an uprising, right? It's an outcome that arises out of a robbery attempt. Remember I tell about the police report? He's saying that is it you can't use that word, right? And the JBC end up even like issuing an apology about it on April 29th. So it was drama. Drama filled, basically. That's basically the whole Coral Gardens incident. That's it. That's it. And I won't get a lot into this, but yeah, that Liffy, that was it. That was basically all it. The history is not that was the whole it, right? Um, and then we're reaching to part four now. So we're done with Quarry Gardens incident. The aftermath. The aftermath. Now, you remember the song that I started out with? Blessed is the man, Kabaka and Kralix. Um, Kabaka Pyramid had a few lines. And 
someone someone did ask to explain these lines in the song um i'm not going to replay the song but i'm just going to read out the lines that he said right yeah the whole line let us start with these three lines but i'm important he said Kabaka started. Ethiopia stretched forth their hands and gave us the redeemer of all, man, the friendly of the faith, and Ethiopian. He is the captain, the chief, field marshal, surgeon, bowing at his feet, 72 nation. Ras Mokonen was crowned conquering lion, king, Abba Janoi, father of Africans, with Empress Menin first, stand at his right hand. Empress Menin is his wife, right hand. Yeah. So he's basically giving a layout of Haley Selassie. Then he went on and saying, Meanwhile, in a Jamaica land, holy portrayal and tribulation, chastisement was upon all African. Bustamante is to kill all Rastaman. The famous lines, bringing all Rastas dead or alive. That's what he announced to. What kind of Selassie that Unia called Pan? Trim them and bring the whole of them a station. So that's him saying it in Buster's words. Like, he translate Buster's words in like, um, Patwa. What kind of Selassie that Unia called Pan? Trim them and bring the whole of them a station. Never in the name of my King of England will I ever live to see the Rastaman redemption. Um... Wasn't a king of England at the time, it was a queen. But we'll get with myself, we'll get with myself, we'll get with myself. Alright? So, then, <laughs> this is the part that a lot of people don't know. But when the 2 6 clash, that's when the place land, kings of all kings, touched down in Kingston. So, what happened in April of 1966? Haley Selassie ended up coming to Jamaica. Hence, the, hence why Kabaka said the 2 6 clash. I'm telling you, the genius, ladies and gentlemen, the genius, 2 6 clash. So, he came down and he was going to Island Hop, Jamaica, Barbados, Trinidad. And he ended up coming to Jamaica, right? That's what he meant. And the whole of like, Norman Mali Airport, Palisades, the volume up there was crowded with Rastafarians because they wanted to see Haley Selassie. Um, would you believe so, said so done? Buster man to blind, couldn't see when the king come. <laughs> so, what happened? Let me give you a context on this line. Let me read it again. Buster man to blind, couldn't see when the king come. Ladies and gentlemen, would you believe that two weeks before, well, some people said two weeks, some people said one. At the time, Buster just didn't want to face the facts that you, in that I get old. So the accounts are very up in the air. But facts, he was going blind. Two weeks before, he was just, he was not seeing anything. Cataracts, catch a whole line, and he was not seeing anything. <laughs> so hence why I said Buster wanted to see when the king come. So like. He ended up like never having a meeting, like never having like a real, real meeting with Haley Selassie. You understand? One of the big contrast of um the whole thing. Um, so that's another aftermath that occurs from um the Coral Gardens incident. Um. Also, this is not in chronological order. One of the um aftermath that arise from the Coral Guard incident was um amendments to the dangerous drug law, right? So basically, like up until like 1961, if you were caught with, if you had put, if if there was ganja in your possession or you were found smoking it, you would be brought to court and you were you'd be faced like they could be brought to prison, but it could it, it, it would be a term not exceeding 12 months, basically. I'm, I'm saying this off the top of my head, so suit me. <laughs> With a term not exceeding 12 months, right? And after the whole Coral Gardens thing, like, the government used it as an opportunity to be like, yo, they're going to make amendments to the, to the, to the, um, to the law. 
right? And them did argue, them in a, in a, in a parliament, like, them did dead serious and argue about it. And one of the, the argument for the government was, um, that was led by Buster and others. They had a thing where they were like, um, there should be an increase in severity of penalties in the ganja law, right? And, like, when I tell us, like, them, like, really and truly, if it meant it, it was really just, like, their response to the whole ganja incident and trying to, like, curb the, the, the Rastafarians. Not the ganja incident, the coral guns incident and just really trying to, like, um, curb. I'm repeating myself. Trying to curb the, 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 the whole Rastafarian issue. Right. And this is why I said important for read um Rex Ford et al. report because big big surprise it was Norman Manley who stood up in Parliament and defend the whole thing. Like he was not for it. He was not for it. And this is what he actually said. And this is taken from uh an article from the Jamaica Observer. And it reads, It is my submission that in principle, all bills and all measures providing for monetary sentences are immediately to be subjected to the severest scrutiny to see whether there is any public harm or public concern that could justify such a matter. And where are you going to deal with a drug like ganja and make it mandatory to send a person to prison for less than five years for cultivating ganja without any regard what to whatsoever Without any regard whatever to the circumstances under which it is grown, then I think the country has a right to be told what is the extreme danger involving this particular thing which warrants so severe a penalty. It is quite obvious that tobacco is a dangerous drug, but before one considers making it a criminal offence to smoke or to grow tobacco, you would have to come with a very, very powerful case indeed. Mr. Speaker, let us look at something which more nearly resembles ganja in its effects, namely alcohol. I listened to all the minister had to say about ganja and what we know medically about it, but for the life of me, I found it difficult to be sure he was not talking about alcohol. Alcohol creates hallucinatory states. It creates mental disturbance of a great order. It causes enormous warfare, which only means to feel good to some people. Then it causes some people to be violent in the extreme. Is notorious. And the minister felt must know how much damage is going to be done to our community by the indiscriminate or unwise use of ganja, of alcohol. The minister felt is telling us that he believes that ganja is so dangerous that he must make this ex- extraordinary mandatory penalty. So, yeah, Manly did in our parliament, Norman Manly, defend ganja. <laughs> like, he was defending when I say him, you know, he didn't see the difference between it and alcohol and tobacco. So why should persons who are smoking it, like, have this severe penalty? Like, severe penalty. So, yeah. That's a thing. Um, One of the worst things, too, as well, was that the oppression of Rastafarians never stopped. Like, it continued throughout the century, right? Especially throughout that 1960s decade. Uh, because... Deborah A. Thomas, she's a professor and chair of the graduate group in the Department of Anthropology at the University of Pennsylvania. In her book, Modern Blackness, Nationalism, Globalization, and the Politics of Culture in Jamaica, Exceptional Violence, Embodied Citizenship in Transnational Jamaica. Whew, long title. And it's, it's a heavy book as well. She said, um, one of the most traumatic events that they had to go through, even in the 1960s, after the Coral Garden incident of 1963, was when the the, the bulldozing of Bacawal in 1966 under the orders of Edward Siaga. 
Remember what I'm telling you? But back a wall, I'm going to make a comeback to it. Back a wall, where um, the Prince Emmanuel Convention did I keep in 1958? Yes, it doesn't exist today. Because Edward Siago had this plan of making, like, Western Kingston exemplar community. Tivoli Gardens, what we know today as Tivoli Gardens. And them just go in and just uproot the rest of them off of the land. <laughs> and just take the land. So... If the Rastafarians got compensation for the land, if they got new land, if anything happened, I don't know. Because up to today, I can't find information on that. And I'm still trying because my research paper is on that. My research, like, not, not my legit life depends on that paper. So if anybody have more information on the back of the wall, please let me know. I'm a struggling student here. I need it. So that was also, like, an issue that arose out of the 1966, um... Out, out of the 1960s when it reports to, to, to Rastafarian being oppressed will come again with the politicizing <laughs> during the 1970s of Rastafarians for votes between Edward Siaga and Michael Manley will come again the kill, um the shooting of Bob Marley in 1976 will come again like there is just like is we can't, can't spend a whole episode at our bodies but I won't so basically, it never stopped. The oppression continued. It's just because this episode is focused on the Coral Guys incident. Yeah, we have to talk about this. But yeah, that's it. Um, another aftermath was that in nineteen in twenty fifteen, um, like there were calls for reparations for victims of there were official calls for reparations for victims of the Coral Guys incident. But couple of years back in two thousand and seven. The first time it was raised was by a politician on the JLP side by the name of Mike Henry. Say Mike Henry, Mike Henry pushed 90 now, I think. He was, uh, he's a former minister of transport works and I think housing at one point. Um, he went to the parliament and he's like, yo, the Rastafarians who suffered core gardens, their descendants, they need to get some kind of reparations that the government need to create some kind of fun or something so they can be like, so something can happen. Like them need like the trauma with them got you, something need for happen. So in twenty fifteen, um the official statement came from the Arlene came from Eileen Harrison Henry. She's a public defender. And she submitted a report to the Parliament of Jamaica detailing an inf- investigation of the Coral Gardens incident and recommending that the government provide financial reparations for the injuries, abuses and deaths caused by the actions against the Rastafarian community. So she yeah, so she was basically like giving backing Mike Henry of what he said in 2007. Ended up in April 2017, the government of Jamaica, who at the time was headed by the JLP, because they won the election a year before, issued a formal apology for the incident taking responsibility without equivocation and stating that the incident should never have happened. They also went on to establish a trust fund. Well, they, when they went on to establish a trust of $10 million for survivors of reparations for the incident. The government also promised to recognize Pinnacle. The same Pinnacle that I said was founded by Leonard Powell. A site, they said they're going to um, recognize it as a site with historical relevance to the Rastafarian community and as a protected site under the Jamaica National Heritage Trust. To be noted, also, this week, I got this information. I'm so proud. So proud. So proud. Woo! So proud. Um, let me find it, because I got it this week. I haven't told you guys about it. It was a surprise. <laughs> Everybody's looking at me weird. Um, 
the Bobsy Grinch, the honorable Oliver Bobsy Grinch, coming in with the woman, I'm call her official title. Um, she will her official is a statement, and it goes like this: the Minister of Culture, Gender, Entertainment, and Sport. Also, this um, as I said before, this podcast is being recorded on April fifth, twenty twenty. So if you're watching it like a year later, talking about the future here, <laughs> or a couple days weeks later yeah this statement was, was released on the 8th of april 2020 she says the minister of culture gender entertainment and sport um has contributed a, fur- a further 78 million dollars into the trust fund for victims of the 1963 coral gardens incident it means that the ministry of culture gender entertainment and sport has now contributed more than 90 million dollars into the rastafarian coral gardens trust which was officially established in december 2019 the trust is managed by the administrator general of jamaica um yeah so them them come and yeah were like really proud of this also the statement went on to say that mrs blake hannah a known expert in rastafari heritage and matters relating to the welfare of the community has appointed a cultural liaison and rastafari affairs as part of the minister of Col- culture gender entertainment and sports trust to ensure that matters concerning rastafari are properly addressed we love to see it we love to see it so yeah the government did kind of like uphold their hands you know and try to get it done let what we said though i would really like if we can get a rastafari a rastafarian museum or like a something set up or like a tour i don't know like something teaching tourists about rastafarian culture because there's no way <laughs> our biggest brand is reggae and rastafarianism and we don't have some kind of museum i'm not talking about my museum like we need a genuine genuine we need one like a genuine museum or so do we have a reggae museum even like we need we need something who's ever listen to this and can't in your powers like we need something but the rest of our one really coming to the like we, we need something for them because it's it feel like we're exploiting the people in culture <laughs> like as a tourist brand and worst thing are them for be employed like employ them for lead the tour employ them for like do things and you know what somebody reach out to me Somebody reach out to me. Can drop a few ideas. <laughs> Can you have a whole context in my head? <laughs> whole thing in my head? But yeah. Um, yeah. So that happened. And that's the Coral Garden story. I don't really feel like I'm having them worth a say. No, I lie. Like, certain things to address. Um, if you guys want to learn more about this, um, there is documentaries. I did mention the Bad Friday documentary a couple of times. That's on YouTube, I believe. Yeah, it's on YouTube. <laughs> it's on youtube if you can't find it on youtube reach out to me i have it i have the actual video um can send um there's also danielle mullings she did a, a documentary on coral gardens and i really want people to support her she's one of my favorite um filmmakers jamaican filmmakers and she's so young like she's so young she's like i, I don't think she's push is she she is it that she's younger than 20 or she's 20 because i remember when she was head girl at campaign, I was like a few years, few grades above her. Yeah. So I, I know she's like either 20 or, yeah. But she has a great documentary about it. So like, big up Danielle Mullings. Anyway, she there. Continue supporting her documentary, stuff like that. My favorite one is hers about the mangroves, which is really well. For really, yes, that's a great great so you can listen to that also and yeah that's basically my standpoint i need anything else to address yeah i don't feel i don't feel like there's anything else that we need to address <laughs> um 
yeah but lies before we go um i just want to say like i know that when this episode dropped um the I, well at the start of the episode i did say like this is not ammunition for any political party or any other politics nonsense and stuff but also like every time around this year we'll have this conversation about like national heroes and blah 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 and you can see somebody like tweet out the down the protege line. I like I'm on like Bustamante. Oh, if you get my trust, i like it's always it's always there. There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with that really, because protege did like educate a whole lot of people, whole thousands of people about what happened in Coral Gardens without actually giving context and stuff. So that that shows his power, you know, power words. But it's like I don't want the conversation to be around like yo Busta, like conversation to be around like national he like who. Who is not supposed to be a national hero? Because in a in a sense, like Buster will continue to be a national hero. Like nothing ever change that. Like nothing will change that. Like nothing. I think the issue is like he represents independence. Whereas our first prime minister, and yes, he, yeah, he represented independence. And I don't think there's anything that we can do about it. I just what we can do is that we inform our children about it. Like understand. With that being said, the conversation. Needs to surround. Why am I never learning this in school? Why this never teaching school? Why am I never get, like a damn conversation that we need to be have? Those are the conversation that needs to be have, right? Cause Jamaica used to stop at 1962, and it it hurt me. Jamaica used to class stop at 1962. Like after 1962, the majority of the country don't know. Majority of the country don't know, right? And for me, like I've I've always been interested in history. But just couldn't deal with the curriculum. Do we, do we couldn't deal with the curriculum? We end up just stop at third farm. Stop. <laughs> and I love this. I love history from like the first day my ear cartel mentioned Steve Beaker. Oh, I do in the research on Steve Beaker. And I was like, I was 10, 11. I, I wasn't that old, but I was around 10, 11. Yeah, probably younger. If he's not 10 or 11, he's younger. And I did in-depth research, and he really fueled my my, my interest in history. Definitely definitely Afrocentric history and stuff. And that flew into a love of just learning my own history, as a, my, my, my own history, country history and stuff like that. So, yeah, that's supposed to be the conversation. Why it's not taught in school and push the, the push the conversation to yo the things that we learn in school so why we not have learn about garvism why we not learn about civics you understand why we not go through like the the the, the, the constitution or when i go through the laws of the land like those are the conversation that we really need to be having as a people like yeah like the whole buster national hero thing like bro there's nothing that we can do and also the persons who like you know when like his birthday and the prime minister will like tweet out some about Buster. And then people are like, but let me ask you, what do you want him to do? What do you want him to do? Like, Andrew Hollis is legit the leader of the party that Buster founded. They think he's just not going nothing? You think he's not going nothing? Like, I mean, yeah, but... <laughs> Tell me if that makes sense to you. If legit, it makes sense to you, then fine. But I'm not saying it makes sense to me. So, I mean, that's, that's not the purpose of the podcast. I just want to clear that up. I just... The, never push the conversation, you know? Talk about curriculum in schools and stuff like that. You know? I mean, I don't want to stress on the history teachers or anything. Because I don't have that pressure already. But, yeah. Just fix up the, just fix up the curriculum too much. Um, Yeah. And, yeah. Probably we should supposed to have a conversation about our next national hero. Yeah. Probably need to have a conversation about our next national hero. Um, All the people that will be entertained is probably Miss Lou and Bob Marley. Yeah. I think those are the only two persons who are supposed to be in the conversation. And Portia. 
Porsche can Porsche Porsche can be in the conversation because just because Porsche has inspired a whole generation of people and that's the purpose of like that that's one of the primary purpose of a national hero. Those images are persons who are supposed to every Jamaican is supposed to strive to be. And she was like bottom she was lower class black woman who never have this grand number of degrees or letters in front or behind her name. You understand? And she raised in the highest office of the land. You understand? So it's like Yeah, she has inspired a whole generation of people to like, you know, upward mobility, you know, through hard work and smarts. Book smart, street smart, anyway you want to take it. Smart. You understand me, Jeff say? So yeah. Inspired a whole generation of people. Um Lady Sir <laughs> Yo, be one thing, Lady Sir, if you get order merit. Like when you need like, yeah. The woman if you leave her church one October and set up in front of the governor general and get her order of merit. Like she not deserve nothing less. She deserve order of merit. We not, not even OD. Order of merit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like, yeah, that one that she forget. Don't chat. Don't chat. That one that she forget. So yeah, Lady Sarah can in the conversation too. But yeah. And yeah, that, that that's that's my rumbles. Um what else is there to say? Yes, if anybody wants to learn anything at all, anything, any event that's happening in Jamaica, you can DM me. Uh, that's JTPG Davy. That's D A V E Y. Um, I'm a nice person. I reply to everything, even if you're disrespectful. I reply to you. That I reply to you. Um, so yeah. Um, just anything at all that needs to be said, especially if it's not political. Like if it's not political, oh, it's getting my full attention. It's getting everyone's, everyone involved in um, lest you forget, even people <laughs> who involved in checkmate, they get full attention. Tired of talking about, but tired, tired of talking about politics. <laughs> so more like a good one episode, two actually before we're going on our next political, our next political like history episode but yeah so anything at all you need to know let us know if you have any critiques any anything let us know um yeah that's a thing any yeah anything at all else need to say yeah while we're here um i'm gonna just mention Portia. if anybody from pmp is listening to this Portia need a documentary Portia need a documentary or a celebration or something why we not have something about Portia? Like, why? Like, we need to have someone about Porsche, no? Like, yeah. PMP, start up on yourself. We need to have someone about Porsche. Like, <laughs> we need to have someone about Porsche. It's so hard to find information on her. Like, her life is not documented. No book, nothing. Like, PMP, like, you, like, when you can't call Daniel, Daniel Mullings, the girl I'm going to just say, great document, great filmmaker, showtime. When you can't, can't show me too. Buy all things, show me. By all, by all means, like, if it is something, man, you're not pretty, you're not pretty, um, yeah, because it's, like, it's so hard to have a conversation with Portia to even try to find information on her, because me not have them, like, status there in her life, like, call up people and say, oh, my God, Dr. Portia Simpson, and ask her, like, we are do something about her, like, we not have that, so if you run her and her, good, 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 can do something, that would be great, that would be so great, like, come on, now. um, what else? To everybody who is liking, commenting, tweeting, retweeting, like, big up on yourself, thanks for the support, love it, love it, love it. We can't even talk 
about the overwhelming support that we have gotten from every single person and yeah washing your hands stay safe be blessed um the curfew our tree now so reaching on the yard reaching on the yard and just understand so you guys putting other people life at jeopardy right so when you can't out here at the fool you understand adhere to the laws jamaica has come a long way when it comes to law enforcement just that whole episode <laughs> right so um that's it and you don't know the drill already if you're a first time listener well just know that we start every episode with music or any every, every, every episode with music i'm just gonna start with the same thing where we end where we start we're gonna end with the same thing we start with which is blessed is the man by kabaka pyramid featuring vocals from chronics of kabaka's wonderful great album contraband like yeah one of this and again big up on yourself washing your hands wear a mask all right The redeemer of all man, defender of the faith, and that Ethiopian is the captain, the chief field marshal sergeant. But when at his feet, empty two nation, Rasma Conan was crowned conquering lion. Father of Africans with empress men and I stand at his right hand. Meanwhile, in a Jamaica land, holy patriarchal and tribulation. Justice meant was upon all African, Bustaman, the secular Rastaman. What kind of celestial that to do a call upon? Trim them and bring the whole of demonstration. Never in the name of my king of England will I ever live to see the Rastaman redemption. But when the two six clash, that's when the plane land. King of all kings. Touchdown in Kingston. Would you believe so? Said so. Don't bust a man to blind to see when the king comes. Some of them, they promise it. Some of them don't. When they rise up against a little kingdom, you politician with your evil agenda. Anyhow, you're just remember. I.